0: This is Mike. And this is Drew. Welcome
1: to the Mike and Drew at Mountain View podcast. Today is Wednesday, April 5th, and we're going to talk a little bit about transitions in ministry
0: and uh,
1: maybe even in the workforce.
0: Yeah, so uh, you kind of have some news. This has been public for a little while, especially because it'll be like three months before this comes out. Yes, right, right. So uh, last Sunday, I made it public
1: to the congregation that I will be leaving Mountain View Church of Christ here in Maryville, Tennessee by the end of May of this year. And June 1st, I will begin as the senior pastor at Antioch Christian Church in Wichita, Kansas. And at this point, I can honestly say I'm not running away from anything. I have no bad situation to leave. There, There's good and bad to working in every church and any job for that matter, but I can honestly say at this point um, we are still in a good situation and I'm on good terms with the leadership and I want to keep it that way. So, uh, Drew, we talked about what a good topic would be today. And, uh, we, we had a little bit of a change of schedule and one of the guests was not able to be here. So we switched it up a little bit and, uh, you said, let's just talk about the transition.
0: Yeah. So, um, I've obviously heard, I feel like everyone has heard tons of stories about, pastors who just you know burn out and they quit or they just you know they get in a big argument and it blows up and they leave or you know all these different things so you you make it very clear you know this is not a bad situation you're running from but simply the next thing that God's calling you to and so um i how do you make that decision like you you're faced with like okay this good thing here or this good thing over here like what do you do there
1: yeah so for me it really starts with about every 2 to 3 weeks I want to quit being a pastor, no matter where I'm at. <laughs> every two to three weeks, this is, uh, and sometimes longer, but no matter where I have ever served, I just get tired of it. Yeah, and I, and I know I'm called to do it, and I know I have the ability to do it, but it's a lot. And I get to a place about every two to three weeks where I say, I want to, I want to become an over the road trucker.
0: That's a horrible job. My dad does that. He hates his job.
1: Well, my uncle and my grandfather did that, and they both have said, don't do that. So yeah, it's not uh, fun. It's not fun. I mean, fun. you'd
0: probably enjoy it for like a week and but, then go back to— being But like it's
1: open stuff. road and, you know, big trucks and nobody's uh, around you. You know, that was mean. Anyway, <laughs> I I think—but honestly, though, I, I revisit my calling, and usually I ask the question, you know, Lord, what do you want me to do here? And am I serving you well here? And usually... Nine times out of 10, the answer is yes, every two to three weeks. Yes. Shut up
0: shut up and sit down.
1: Shut up and sit down, or get up and make a phone call, or like you say, uh, be quiet, be still. This is where you need to be, and that's a, usually a 10-minute conversation. It's not mm-hmm. a crisis, but it's a point where I'm just—it's an honest confession. Lord, I'm done, especially after Sunday, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, I'm done with this. I, I put out all of this, and and even if it's fruitful, I'm still like, this
0: is so exhausting, well, and it's so easy, like, you know, maybe you you write a sermon and then you get, and you preach a sermon and it's pretty good, but you get that one bad email that's like, you know, an angry person who's like, why would you preach about that? or you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. Sometimes you get negative feedback. Other times it's fruitlessness that's more discouraging. Yeah. You're just going, I'm not getting any response. Yeah. Good or bad, or it is just the fact that there is good fruit in response and your workload just increased. Yeah. And, and you know, and then... My attitude needs a little recalibration. So specifically in this case, uh, one desire Olivia and I have had for a season is, uh, you know, we'd like to raise our kids near both of our families, but they live on opposite sides of the country. <laughs> so we kind of alternate between both families with five kids. And she's, she has three siblings. I have four And so from East Tennessee to South Central Kansas, they're kind of the hubs, mine in Kansas, hers in Tennessee, and there's kind of been this desire, let's go live back around my family for a season. And that cannot dictate our calling, but it can be paired with our calling. And there were some opportunities out there, but none of them that we were at peace with until this one. And it came at a time when I was asking, Lord... Do you want me to keep serving here? Am I doing any good? You know, I know Mountain View Church of Christ, like many churches, as long as I don't do something stupid, would let me continue to serve and grow and learn, and they would work with me. Yeah. However, I am called to make disciples like you are, like any believer, and I take that seriously. And a part of that is my children, I'm considering them and and what's best for them. And this church has done so well uh, of... uh, teaching our kids, uh, taking time to make spaces for fun and games and things like that with our kids. But there's something special about being near family.
0: Yeah, that's true. I didn't grow up around my extended family, but we, I remember making it, um, a priority that we would see them at least once a year. You know, I have family up in Michigan, so we'd make the trip to Michigan and then up to Minnesota, um, which was like a 10 hour drive. It was not fun, but we did it like at least once a year, probably twice a year. So I totally get the 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 um, desire to be around family for sure.
1: Yeah, and I I won't camp out on that much longer because I th- <laughs> I think people can relate to that. But I think yeah. the bigger story here is I know what you're asking: how to approach that transition, and how how I approached it began with prayer, and then it began with resistance because even if a change is good, I don't like change as much as people think I do. And we <laughs> burned our moving boxes. And I did not just say that we literally burned all the tubs and totes that we have used to move things in. Two of those totes I used to move from Kansas to Tennessee on my own for the first time. Mm-hmm. And we, we've moved, I moved from Tennessee to, uh, back to Kansas to Tennessee, back to Kansas, uh, and Tennessee, uh, back to Kansas with Olivia, back to Tennessee, to, then to Knoxville, then to Kansas, then to Virginia, Texas, and here we are. So we've used these totes, and I was totes done with moving. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. So I burned the boxes, and we're tired of moving, but we are never tired of hearing the Lord's voice and what we're called to do. Yeah. And right now there was just this pull uh, that our kids— need a little bit more from us, and in order for us to have a little bit more to give to our kids, we're going to need a better family structure that we can inconvenience a little more. And a support I'm, system. I'm always, as open as the people are out here and have told us, we can inconvenience them, but, you know, hey, can you watch our kids? Can you? We still aren't to the place where we feel like we can do that, and I don't think that's the church people's fault here. I just think I already know what kind of a groove we can get into with my family. And in doing so, I think that will enhance our ministry to give us the rest and energy we need to do our ministry well and obey our calling. So the family I grew up in was a ministry family. So to me, it's intrinsically linked,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, combined, if you will, family and ministry. So, uh, But to make that transition, as soon as I thought I need to seriously pray about this church, I let my elders know. Yeah. I mean, of course Olivia's in the conversation this whole time. I need to mention that because I know some ministers who will drag their families around the country without considering their spouses or children. That's so I, nuts. I do well, it happens it's still today. So <sighs> I do need to say Olivia's been an essential part of this conversation from day one. Yeah. But uh then next was the elders, because mm-hmm. I didn't want to rock the boat of this church if I didn't get that position in Kansas.
0: Right. Yeah. And I remember some of those conversations. I mean, and then you talked to me about it afterwards and kind of talking about, okay, what does it look like to leave this church well and then, you know, merge into that new church well as well and doing that at the same time, balancing, you know, kind of two half workloads as you're giving up more things here and starting to pick up more things over there. and
1: Yeah, yeah. so it was difficult because uh, there was hesitation. Of course, uh, Olivia's family's out here and we love, mm-hmm. we get along with them great. We just don't get to see them as much because we're a couple hours away and, and that was hard because we've, we've grown together with them recently. And, uh, but we just, we saw with this church opportunity, there was a connection from the time I was training for church planting and leadership development. There's another one from when I spoke at the Gideon Bible retreat in Branson, Missouri, uh, two years in a row. And there was a connection there. And, uh, also from a ministry seminar. I mean, this is, this is going back, um, and another one uh, from the guy I took music lessons from, his son, uh, when I was a uh, you know, 14, 15 year old, and there were connections going all the way back that I didn't see coming. And I just saw God piece by piece as a mosaic or a puzzle, if you will, uh, yeah. creating this picture of what we need to do next. And we're still a little apprehensive because we like the groove we have out here, not just at Mountain View and not just in Blunt County, Maryville, but Knoxville area, we love a lot of people and a lot of places out here, and so that's hard, but we also love a lot of people and some things to do in <laughs> Wichita. You know, there's good things, but it's not like here. And so there's a very honest—a um, uh, little bit of intimidation. Yeah. But there's a joy, because A, we see God moving. B, we, we already know and love so many people, and have already come to know and love so many more in the last month, uh, month or two months out there in Wichita that— we know if God is in this, uh, our relationships here that are worth anything will stand the test of that transition, and I believe they will. Yep,
0: yep.
1: And the relationships out there, uh, if they are worth anything, will be worth investing into. And so I'm yeah. I'm moving in faith that we've got good relationships here and there, and that we're going to live together for eternity, so we're going to try and handle this well.
0: Yeah, uh, go back and talk more about... Um... Some of those connections that you have, because I feel like when considering, you know, a new position, even when I was considering coming here for the first time uh, a year ago now, um, I, you know, was looking at a lot of different aspects of this job. And one of the big ones, I think, was that Hannah's family is all from here. And so, um, and seeing some of those connections. And as soon as I took that step of faith and accepted the job, I was blessed with um, an increase in finances, um, just people giving gifts. Um, We got an amazing house that we were able to move into. And so as soon as I took that step of faith, I saw God blessing that step of faith in many different ways. And you see that reading the book of Acts, if you're if you're listening to this
1: podcast and, you know, you're wondering what you should be studying in your Bible this week, I would encourage you to go to the book of Acts, and you'll see that exact pattern you just talked about, Drew. I love Acts. <laughs> yeah, there, where God, the Spirit—you know, it really should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit—directs. Yep all the believers to take a step of faith, go to this place, uh, you know, get up and go speak to these people, join this chariot, you know, whatever it is. And they've got to do the weird thing. They've got to do the uncomfortable thing. They've got to do the stressful thing. And then the miracle happens. Yeah, it's not the other way around. Right, then the scales come off the eyes, and, and then, uh, the, the, uh, then there's that moment of uh, salvation or dedication or what have you. And, and that, to me, has been my journey of faith, not comparing myself to anybody in the book of Acts other than being a believer. But when I take that, and you've taken those steps of faith that are uncomfortable and fearful— then then we're rewarded. Maybe it is with, like you say, financial gifts. I've had that happen, or I've had this overwhelming peace. Yeah. A, a I'm like... Relief and anxiety. Relief of anxiety, and it's like, yeah, there were still struggles. There were some fears that were realized, but... God's in this, yeah, and so we've moved in faith, because it's scary. There, I could give you reasons why I don't want to go back to Kansas in general. It has nothing to do with, uh, you know, Wichita itself. It's just, I, I love being in the mountains, and I love the culture out here, but I will tell you this, uh, there's a lot more familiarity in Wichita, Kansas area, and so for me, uh, some of that's good and bad. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a good familiarity, and then there's the flip side of things that uh, I was hoping I really wouldn't be around again, you know? And so I've had to battle both sides of familiarity and just say, hey, if God's doing this, he will make all of that pan out. And I'll look back and go, I am so glad we did that. Like I have been for every move.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because moving's a big deal. Like it's, I mean, you talked about burning the boxes. So now you got to go get new boxes. And, uh, you had mentioned that if you were to hire movers, that it would cost you like 10 grand. Yeah, the bids for packing up
1: uh, the house and all, it was like $8,000 for the cheapest, and that was not the guys packing everything in the house, and I was like... right. Nah, you know, so we're kind of having to, we are having it. the church in Kansas has offered to, uh, you know, they're, they're going to take care of the boxes for us, so I mm-hmm. do not have to buy any more boxes. But Well, that's nice. But it is—there's it is, it, it, already an element of stress in our household, because we, uh, you know, the, we live in a 1,200-square-foot house with seven people, 1.5 bathrooms. We've had plenty of space, but when you're packing— You got to keep your walkways clear. So we've had to be more intentional about creating staging areas that have (laughs) ingress and egress, good walkways. So, you know, if I talk about transition, I've got to include that the packing thing is its own stressor, but if we can do it in a way that is gracious and plan a little bit, just a little bit, some of that helps. But I I think, Drew, right now, the hardest part for me is continuing to build into good relationships right here at Mountain View. Yeah,
0: because they feel... Oh what does it matter if I'm leaving in a month you know I I totally get that and I'm sure you're you're better than that but I'm sure that thought has come up
1: well, you know, that's always going to be the temptation of, let, let's let go ahead and go all into the next yep,
0: thing. and Cut everything off.
1: Yeah, and if people are like, hey, can you do this before you go? I'm like, they're not going to care. But, <laughs> but that's not true, because there, there's a couple reasons. One, we're all brothers and sisters in faith, so this family here is always going to be my church family, just like those at Christ Covenant Church in Beaumont, Texas, Dalton Hill Christian Church in Hillsville, Virginia, um, Center Christian Church in Columbus, Kansas. Uh, I still don't know well the other one I won't mention in Morristown, but uh, I don't care if that's on the podcast, but you know, I, I know, I know right now um, I am still building good relationships here. Yeah. And even after I leave, I want there to be goodwill and good, healthy connection as much as is possible. Cause I know it's, it's going to hurt people when yeah. I go, but I also think there can be room for good relationship down the road. So I am Moving ahead at this church as though one day I could apply to this church and become minister again. You know, <laughs> I don't. I don't think God would call me to do that. But I want to move ahead as though they'd see my resume and go, "Oh, he wants to come back. That's great." You know, I, I want to move ahead that way. But I've rarely seen God call somebody back to a church. So I don't think that's a reality. But um, no, it, transition is difficult, but it is also opportunity for better things. Yeah. For this church, I I'm, now I just want to focus on kind of Mountain View for a minute. Right. For
0: sure. Um, so yeah, Mike's leaving. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to start preaching every week. So that's going to be fun. Um, that'll be an interesting, uh, transition for me because I've never preached more than twice a month ever in my life. And so, um, I think it'll be interesting for me to step up to that, uh, step up to the plate and, and, uh, see what it looks like to do the weekly rhythm of, of preaching on Sundays. Um, in the meantime, we've got a, a ministry our minister search committee and we got the job posted. So if you guys are interested, any of you listeners out there,
1: Yeah, go to uh, Johnson University alumni portal if you're a student listening to this, uh, and you have an email. Uh, I talked to somebody today that had just got his student email. He's able to log in, and you'll see a position for lead minister at Mountain View Church of Christ in Maryville, Tennessee. I've also posted on Milligan. You can look for Milligan ministry opportunities. I'm still getting this posted to other websites uh, right now, and... um, you know, I need to say a part of this transition that's been difficult is, uh, I just did a funeral last week for an elder emeritus at this church uh, who passed away, Con Farmer. He was one of my visitation buddies, and so uh, that was difficult, but it was interesting that, um, you know, it's happening right now, and that God called him home in a time of transition, and I've got to remember in my transition story, I'm not the only transition in happening right now. Yeah. We've got a deacon that's moving to be back with family. Yep. Uh, I know there are a couple of people I know close to me that are moving to be near family hubs, and there's there's a lot of transition Happening in the country right now, and if you and I, I did not prepare for this podcast at all, Drew. I normally prepare <laughs> for every single one. This is the first one I've not prepared for, but there is what's coming. Uh, they're called. They're starting to call it a type of great migration, right? We had that great resignation years ago. Mm-hmm. There's now. There's a migration they're noticing as the country's floodgates of economy and opportunity have opened up a little wider after the pandemic. People are starting to reevaluate. You know, they hunkered down through the storm, yep. and a lot of people had the mindset, any port in a storm, and they hunkered down, and they made do with what they had, and now the storm's cleared, and they're looking around going, okay, I want to be near my family again, Mm -hmm. and for the last 40, 50 years as a country, we've been very comfortable being mobile, Mm -hmm. and all over the place, and like you said, making visits, and traveling 10, 15 hours, now
0: we realize when this country shuts down, it shuts down hard. Yeah. And then with that, you know, you see, well, I want to be with people who are like-minded. And so you see red states becoming redder and blue states becoming bluer. And, and the purple states are starting to pick a side.
1: You, right. You do see some of those demographics becoming more yeah. defined right now. And uh, I, th- I think my point in all of this is simply, if you're listening to this podcast and you know, the spring of 2023, uh, this is a time of huge transition for this country. For sure.
0: Um, I mean, even... I guess we got a little time, but like even in politics, like we've got uh, um, a major election coming up in about a year now. Yeah, Which is going to be a big deal because uh, who knows what's going to happen? Oh, I know what just happened yesterday. Yeah. Trump uh, got indicted and he was charged. He, he?
1: he was arraigned. Yeah. And so for the first time in the United States history, uh, president, former president and presidential candidate is arrested. It's crazy yeah you know in standing trial if you will so he's a reign. my point simply being the 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 battle lines whichever side you are on that discussion battle lines are drawn a little more clearly than they have been and if you don't want to call it battle lines you can just say uh, these demarcations of who is who yeah c- continues to be dug in a little more so um, as far as me here at this church and changes and things of that nature you know uh the the goal right now is that the next minister can be found in a timely manner. And and Drew, you would said for now, you want to continue as associate minister here. You know, I'd I'd hoped you might step up as lead, but like you say, you'd like to continue serving in the role you have. It
0: works best for you and Hannah, and and it just works good. And for the record, I'm I'm open to uh, maybe stepping up to that role in the future. But at this point, how I feel right now, I'm good where I'm at, <laughs> which is
1: fine because now uh, back to what a transition can lead to. It can lead to better things, and I'm yeah. I'm open to get somebody in here that can offer more years of uh, experience to be able to mentor you, or even a different angle of ministry to offer you. You know that I'm not. I'm just not going to have. Yeah. But uh, either way, you know, my wish for this church is that it continues to be greater than it's ever been. Yeah. And that a minister comes in here who continues to um coach and lead the congregation to do the things Jesus called it to do and I think that'll happen. Yeah. And I think you'll be a part of it and uh, like I said God's call is a funny thing uh, you can't predict it. He's you know, he's not a domesticated god.
0: Yeah.
1: And like a uh, aslan's not a tame lion. Aslan's not a tame lion and Mark Batterson had a book uh about published about 10 years ago called the a wild goose chase, and the Celtic, <laughs> early Celtic believers, uh, their terminology for the Holy Spirit was wild goose, because it was unpredictable, mm. and it would lead you to places you never would have gone otherwise, but it ultimately takes you to a place of paradise, where yeah. these wild geese would hide out. So, you know, there's, there's this idea that where we follow the Lord's leading back to the book of Acts, back to some of the stuff we talked about, the scary leaps of faith, and going to places we've never been, or places we didn't think we would go back to, yeah. and we realize that God is faithful the whole time and led us there for a reason. And I can say that about Mountain View here in Maribel. We were led here. I have no doubt. None of us have any regrets about that. But I think if there's a key word for transition, uh, it is grace. Okay, if you're driving a manual transmission—Drew, do you drive manual transmission—
0: no I'm not that smart no it's not I don't
1: <laughs> so the aptitude for driving a manual is you can't just jam from gear to gear right what do you got to use to go from gear to gear the clutch you got yeah the, so that is grace the clutch allows something to disengage and re-engage with transition and not just jam 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 break and stuff and so to me that clutch that that grace is uh not that I'm just like well hey I'm gone in two weeks right yeah. I'm clear, hey, I'm exiting, and here's what God's called me to do, I'm not going to leave it a mystery, but also, we, we've we got a little bit of time, right? Yeah. You know, we got and, some time to And make that's it. something
0: I've so appreciated, is that we are able to uh, still work together for at least another month or so, so...
1: Yeah. So, you know, there, there's some things already I miss, and I know there, there's some emotional difficulty to this, but I think the confidence is, I really believe... Uh, I drug my feet on some of this, and God just showed me this is what I need to do.
0: Yep.
1: And uh, only because you know I, I do love where we're at, but I also believe that God's called us to the next place. So we're going to try and make this transition healthy. And and here's the unfortunate the the unfortunate part of transition too. In addition to grace, uh, you do have to shift gears, and so yeah. we will have to shift, and it will have to happen. But but when that happens, I believe God will be in that, and there will be peace.
0: Yeah. So this does mean that the number of podcasts in our future is greatly diminished, but I think we'll still get four or five episodes out of this thing. Yeah, I'm still looking forward to some of that, and
1: who knows where our our paths will cross down the road, and maybe we have uh, another set of podcasts, but in the meantime, we want to finish this well. So if you have anything, uh, you really, we've had a few suggestions, we're going to try and implement those. If you have anything you'd like to hear us talk about on this podcast, you know, to go to podcast at mvcc6mile.org. That's our email. Podcast at mvcc6mile.org. And let us know what you'd like to hear about on the Mike and Drew at Mountain View
0: podcast. And this has been Mike. And this has been Drew. And you've been listening to the Mike and Drew at Mountain View podcast. Eat your quesadillas. (laughs)